what are you a bang on the door what would you uh like not mercy but like uh sanctuary sanctuary i couldn't remember the word sanctuary my mind <laughs> i was like what's the help me word hello listener and welcome back to another episode of library hours i'm reed bryce as we turn to winter, the nights are longer and colder, and the amount of bandwidth we have to deal with all the bullshit life throws at us, it feels diminished, doesn't it? <laughs> trying to make sure I get as much rest as I can, and I'm also trying to make sure I actively remind myself of things to be grateful for. One of the things is this podcast, it's taught me a lot over the last year, including but especially pertaining to my boundaries and limitations. To everyone who's kept up with the show, I cannot express what it means to me. I hope the future brings me enough energy to do all the things I want to for you. <laughs> One thing I'm grateful for that I'll reiterate as often as possible is I am so grateful to everybody who has sent money for us to donate to the Mutual Aid Solidarity and Snacks. They provide much needed goods and supplies to the people living on Skid Row here in Los Angeles. And every little bit helps. If you want to get in touch with them directly, you can find them at Solidarity and Snacks, all one word, on Instagram. For today's episode, we're talking to my friend Ari. They're one of the smartest, most compassionate, and fun people in my life. I met them at a support group for other non-binary people. That group brings me a sense of solidarity and repose I can't find anywhere else. Ari works in education in the library, and I was stoked to talk to somebody about what that environment's like. Ari's passion for their students is dwarfed maybe only by their passion for fun vampire movies. So listen in and then tell us if we missed what you think is the best vampire film. Okie dokie, here's Ari. recording in three two one <laughs> no oh actually uh, if it helps you at all what do you do in the beginning of a podcast when can you because you, you ever have you ever listened to one of those podcasts where you can tell that that guest had to just sit there in the room or wherever for like five minutes straight waiting for the person to get through their opening spiel like they're like welcome to my podcast here's an anecdote about how my grandma got in a fight with my dog that takes 10 minutes and then here's a i gotta go to the promo code because i gotta be a, a mattress salesman for five minutes <laughs> <laughs> you can tell the guest there is like who maybe is like a phd in astro everything how i are, don't think i've listened to a podcast like that how have you been i i guess good um well yesterday was a little weird because i got my second vaccine dose were you still nervous to like go get the poke or was it the uh, social aspect or what was going on well more more the social aspect too because the first time i went there was a lot of people ahead of me waiting and um i don't know they're just giving me weird looks you were like i don't like the vibe here this this yeah. club, let's get out of here they, they don't yeah. give you they, yeah oh my gosh i had to go back to uh, I had to go back to like, no gory details or anything, but I went back to like a mental hospital where they administered it. So I had to go back and it was like, when, when you graduate high school, but like a weird, more awkward version. <laughs> like, oh, no. Hi everybody. I'm, I'm still sane. So I'm going to be just getting the poke and getting out of here. But the shot itself was, is just so strange. You have to sit there afterwards. Cause they have to make sure you're not going to like fall over or whatever. <laughs> yes. Yes. I wasn't expecting that either. Which makes sense, um, yeah. like, like when you donate blood. But yeah, I just, I had to be around those people for an extra 15 minutes. And they also like chose to sit like right next to each other in the chairs. Ooh, like, no, but do you know why call. we're here? Back so I was call. just like off to the corner, you know, <laughs> and I think that also was why I was getting those weird looks like, 
what's that person doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to be safe. And also you're all giving me weird vibes. So I don't want to be near you anyways. <laughs> no, of course. And, no, it, and you, you don't want to be judgmental because you're like, we're all in this together. You're glad that they're there getting the shot. You know, some yahoos are not doing that. And maybe by the time <laughs> this airs, because I don't know the exact order of air day, but hopefully by this time, most people won't even need this sort of like primer on what, what the getting the shot is like. All of our nerves aside, very highly recommend that you go do it. It's good for you and the people around you, in my opinion, just in my opinion. <laughs> yes what i had you on was probably not for us to be doing psas for an inoculation all night is inoculation and vaccination the same thing i don't i don't know i uh, i i have a high school diploma and technically i have a degree but it's in acting so i have a high school diploma <laughs> that's a good question i don't know you are actually i uh, of my friends uh, i will go into gory details but uh i see gory details like it's a bad i don't know why i say that just as shorthand for like i'm not going to get into I'm, I'm not going to elaborate <laughs> further than i think is necessary but i keep in my life in my in my like just my casual life i'll be like oh yeah i ate a salad no gory details and then just some but it was good and then they're like what wait did you kill a man in order to get the salad what's happening uh, <laughs> i just said i won't go into it <laughs> that's so great for the stuff we're going to talk about later but i won't get i won't get into the gory details <laughs> uh, we met in, 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 in a non-binary support group mostly it's just a hangout to get away from cisgender people <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm non-binary trans mask uh cutie um, I use they, them pronouns. I'm 25. Um, still don't know what that means entirely. And I work as a library assistant um, for an elementary school in the San Bernardino School District. And you were telling me a little bit of the, the differentiation between that and like uh, somebody who's considered like a, just a regular li librarian, right? Yes. Yeah, so um, I'm a classified employee for the district. How is that testing? Like what, 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 uh, what do you cover in, in, when you're taking this sort of exam? Because I think that sounds very interesting. Oh gosh, it's, it's been a while. I do remember being scared about the test though, because I heard there was math. Um, Oh, yeah, but I, I, it, it was... I, would, I would be right there with you. I'd be like, oh, oh, no. Oh, gosh. I, I took a class called senior math in high school because they couldn't put me in regular math. <laughs> I was nervous and I kept telling I was um, pushed, encouraged by a family friend, longtime family friend to pursue this library assistant position because she's been substitute with the district for decades. So I, I did it. Um, I wasn't doing anything else. I didn't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> after after I graduated with honors uh, from were you from somebody college, that so. like grew up uh, admiring librarians at you were you like with one of the library kids who was just in there on the like either that or like taking up the computer lab portion of it or whatever or the, or the manga section that was wait I'm just describing myself now <laughs> <laughs> I was like who else is in a library <laughs> besides Reed <laughs> no you're you're absolutely right though I I was that kid um like the if it wasn't the librarian that I had a connection with, it was the space itself. Yeah. Just being in a library was very calming and, and well, quiet, of course. But I mean, just, yeah, like, as soon as you entered there, I could feel, like, just a sense of calm. Just because uh, it, it's kind of like the the uh, secular is a weird thing because it's still framing Christianity as like is like the centering of it. It's a, when I want to do the opposite, but it's like the secular version of church where you go and it's like, all right, everybody. 
we're all gonna be cool with each other. Everybody, we got no problems. Uh, what, what, what do you, what do you, what do you bang on the door when, when, when you, uh, like not mercy, but like uh, sanctuary. Sanctuary. I couldn't remember the word sanctuary. My mind. <laughs> I was like, what's the help me word? <laughs> See, that's, but that's why you're the librarian and I'm not, you know, the words because <laughs> you, you open up all those books. <laughs> uh, <laughs> were you as obsessed with Matilda when you were growing up as I was just like the whole, like uh, a movie about a, a library fangirl? <laughs> I, I really love that movie. And I mean, the, the way they framed this, this little girl having uh, powers, mental powers, right? Um, I mean, of course, it's sad that she, I guess, could only like access those powers after living through this trauma that was her childhood and just this horrible family who didn't love her. But um, yeah, I, it was it was great that I don't know, just like, hey, there's a kid I can look up to. Um, she loves reading books, and I mean, think yeah. I found the same. Same thing with like uh, Belle, the Disney character. Like when you think about the setup of that movie and how, just how friendly everyone's misogyny is, it's like, <laughs> da -da -da -da, you're not a full human. And the fact that you think you do, we probably should lock you up. <laughs> but she's still attractive, so she can stay. Right. No, as long as we can get her set up with the town. <laughs> I don't even want to say what he is. Oh, God, Gaston is a terrifying creature. Uh, and also, that's probably why I was so attracted to him. Like, I had, like, that awe, like, that sort of, like, I was like, oh, whatever the beast turns into at the end, he's all nice and good. He's a cute little twink. That's fine. Uh, Gaston's, like, toxicity. Uh, I, uh, wait, I even kind of like the, what was his little sidekick's name? Lum not Lumiere, that's the kid. <laughs> Um, uh, it was another it, French name. I know oh, that takes place in France. <laughs> Lafou. Lafou. Thank there you. you. Okay, it was another L word. I got that close. You know, <laughs> were those like two early influences that you're like, oh yeah, reading is actually uh, something that the protagonist seems to be attracted to. Maybe I'll I'll keep looking into that reading. Thing. <laughs> I definitely also um, looked up to the librarian character in the Mummy. Is the okay. late 90s adventure thriller with uh, Rachel Weiss and Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser in one of, in like his, it was his biggest shot at, 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 at an action leading role. Most of the times uh, he was doing films, he would get to be like a, a, like a sex object, but he would also kind of be like a comic relief thing. It was a very weird thing where they didn't quite know it, you know, like Encino Man, uh, George of the Jungle. He was as conventionally good looking as any other star at the time, but it was always a little bit more on like the, the Warner Brothers side of things. It was very cartoony. I also also did have like a bit of a, a obsession with George of the Jungle. I don't know. And just remembering that movie nowadays feels like a fever dream. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I haven't watched it in a while. But... Oh, I'm sure it's aged terribly. I'm sure there are many reasons that we'll have to cancel him and all the stars and ourselves for liking it. And that's fine. Uh, oh, but going back to Rachel Wise, I'm yes. sure you imprinted like a duckling on her. Uh, <laughs> What 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 about what about her character? Like, uh, did you, were you endeared by? Well, I I've noticed um, growing up that I've always been drawn to spooky things. So mm -hmm. um, there's that, and I don't know. I think I, I don't know. I don't remember which came first, my love for this film or my interest in um, Egyptology. 
because I did go through that phase as a kid. Oh, cool. Um, and <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. At this point, they're just intertwined with one another. Um, what, uh, what, what about, uh, what was your gateway into uh, to being an Egyptophile? Is that what you call it? Like a Russophile or an Anglophile, Egyptophile, Egyptian file? The Egypt files. I'm, I'm getting farther away, probably, but <laughs> <laughs> it's it's okay. I just um, yeah. This this is great because uh, I feel like there's another tangent on our many tangents. Oh I'll, um, no, I'll index back. The autism <laughs> lets me do that. <laughs> um, I just uh, I've never like yeah I've I've never had a lot of conversations with um, fellow ADHD minds and. Oh, it's so or, true. Or, or just I like, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm just having a comment on you. Um, oh, oh, and, and it's like something I noticed. I was listening to um, the ADHD Good Life. Sandra, she went on um, another great podcast that I recommend. Um, oh, yeah. No, please do uh, do plug. Yeah, I, I, love, I love getting these resources out because any sort of neurodivergency is just hell on earth <laughs> some days. And yes. so like, even, and, and, you know, and not to say that like there aren't other things about being autistic that I think are amazing and wonderful, but it, it is at the end of the day, it's a thing that uh, causes actual disability. So uh, what, 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 what about the, uh, what would you say her name was again? Sandra. Sandra, yeah. And what about, what about the podcast? Were you saying that you liked about it? Well, um, she went on Instagram Live the other day. She was actually talking about um, what it means to have ADHD co-occur with another um, disorder. And in this mm. case, it was autism because she's also autistic herself. And then she was giving us an example of uh, a man she was helping coach. Um, and But he, he didn't realize it, that the, the system was just failing him and um, he's like, hey, I, I have this problem. You know, my I know I have ADHD, but nothing's working, and I need help. And oh, so, um, yes, and that, 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 that was very is, interesting. Yeah, it, that part when you're like not quite on uh, in a system for yourself, your routine, your whatever you're doing that's helping just alleviate some of the symptoms. It's 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 one of the most like despondent times of my life. So I, my heart goes out to him and to anyone else who's feeling that way. And uh, <laughs> what what happened? Um, I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't get to finish her anecdote because I, um, so we all have to listen now. <laughs> I, I had to, to finish work and, and I needed to use my phone. Um, but something I, I noticed as she was speaking, because I, I've never heard her speak outside of the podcast format that is very edited and well-organized. Oh yes. When she, she got more, she got more candid. Yes. Yeah. Oh, cool. So my point is as she was speaking, she kept interrupting herself. And I could, I could see the, like the, um, the hyphens cutting into her sentences. And it was just this amazing experience where I, and then I had this thought later that I can, I can hear how you're thinking. Because oh, you're doing I the PEMDAS. Think, you're doing the language PEMDAS, right? <laughs> I could think the same way. And like, like it, it was, it was just incredible to me because I'm like, yes, I can follow you exactly because that is also how I think and communicate with myself. And yeah, it was just, it, it was like, wow, I, I wish I had been around more people like me hearing us all talk with one another. Cause then, you know, oh, I'd probably yes. be, be more, um, uh, unafraid to um i guess acknowledge that i have adhd because when i when i first realized it i'm like hmm maybe this isn't a good thing so i just like pretended i uh i didn't read that part in the 
biology book in the high stigma <laughs> against it is so intense that when you first even like can think about it to yourself to be like, oh, should I talk to a doctor? Your first instinct is like, oh, wait, I didn't tell anybody about this because I see how people who are diagnosed that way get treated or especially the way that people go around saying like, oh, you you, you just think this makes you so special. Like either way of that, like that way, the, the word special gets used a lot uh, and, and like, and, and not to uh, disparage anybody who, who like even struggles even more or even wants to be like, oh, I am special because of all of these things. Uh, but it's just, a, it's a lot to take in is what I'll say. (laughs) But I was wondering, because, or even if it's just like the habit you can pick up uh, to be like, oh, I can track that that's how you speak. Because I really love that you were like, oh yeah, Reed's not talking nonsense or being annoying and it's not going to get back to the mummy. I remember the mummy. (laughs) We'll go back to the mummy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just just a great 90s film. Um, There is a bit of uh, xenophobia though. Uh, One of the the initial um, villains is this heavily coded arab man who oh, has sure. all of all of the the features right i guess yeah i'll make stere- a, very there's stereotypical there's a content warning that we're talking about films that, that that are problematic in their history it's a very um western take on this ancient egyptian culture as well so yeah i, and I almost, know there's a lot of inaccuracies a it lot feels of feels like the, i do remember when i would watch it that it felt like the filmmakers were trying to hearken back to like early hollywood depictions of action adventure the same oh, way the same way that spielberg uh that he was trying to recapture that sort of magic from his youth. And of course, because they're boomers and older, they're getting a lot of it racist and wrong because they're like, oh, my guys who like don't, who probably were not taking any of those of those notes. But I did, uh, was it that uh, Wise didn't feel as much of like a helpless heroine sort of like trope that attracted you? Because that's what I remember from her is that she just gave, she uh, she just put up with a lot less crap then I remember like, you know, the, 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 the women characters would get and say like Indiana Jones or, you know, especially older, like actual classic Hollywood films. What, what about you? The very um, opening scene, the introductory scene that we get for her character, um, Evie, is she's, she's clumsy. Um, she's trying to reshelve a book, which the, the line for that scene, <laughs> I actually... <laughs> Don't worry, we're not, we're not, we're not I, spoiling the, the movie, but we are probably spoiling like one of the greatest movie montages. Like this composition is probably one of those things that had to be a one take. Please go before I start giggling too much. Okay, okay, okay. I just wanted to say that I quoted this line within the first week or so of me starting work as a librarian. Oh my gosh, great, because I was, I was, I was about to re-index us back to books <laughs> and to, to be yeah. librarian. You are so smart. You're PEMDOSing ahead of me. Go ahead. <laughs> I was reshelving books and I found this book that was supposed to be in the fiction section. So it was a chapter book um, that obviously didn't go in that place that I was at and the author's last name started with the T and so of course I had to say oh but Twithmosis what are you doing here T T T T T T and of course that's the the line that sets off uh Evie's trying to um reshelf the book and the shelf directly behind her but she's on the top of this very tall ladder perilously you would say (laughs) yes yes and she instead falls forward and knocks all of the shelves down in a fantastic domino effect and all she can say at the end is oops (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, she says oops. Well, she's cause she's done like untold like hundreds of thousands of dollars of because we're we're talking like old timey giant like one of those giant cathedral style uh, libraries that, that you're like if I sit on something and my sweat stains it do I owe somebody a hundred dollars What's going on? Like one of those beautiful <laughs> sort of the, if I remember correctly. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you were. Uh, so so you said that to your your colleagues around the library and someone went shh. <laughs> well, uh, no the the good thing the great thing about this job is that i get to be alone for a lot of the time which uh, i initially was scared about because i thought oh no like how how am i going to like regulate myself with the the duties that i have to accomplish each day but um it turns out that i get so much stimulation with the classes coming in every half hour or so i'm like no i need to be able to be alone no, in yeah, between that, wa that wave <laughs> of like child chaos energy that like it's like a, like a lovecraft character that just suddenly bursts in it's like we have arrived <laughs> oh okay so see this is the see this is the most people are like read why this is the tea i like because i'm like there have to be, we have to get people uh talking about like these sort of trade jobs and uh, and really for people who especially are like oh i am someone who's introverted but i gotta make a living where the heck do i go this is awesome so if you're somebody who likes to have downtime but knows you're also going to get that stimulation that's so important for for your every you know little human that needs that that that, that other connection to other people uh so would you say that like uh is it like 50 percent prep time and then 50% game time with the little demons coming in and out or <laughs> I'll stop calling um, the demons. These children, why am I judging them? I have a mess. They are the future read. They're going to listen to this. They're going to cancel me. I want to say children. First of all, I am afraid of you. So don't <laughs> worry about it. Second of all, healthy respect. Nothing but respect to the future uh, of, of America. You're smarter than me. PEMDAS. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Do you feel that you, um, uh, that's where what one of your like superpowers, like the, the positive things about being neurodivergent, do you think that it makes you uh, easier to pick up on the kids in your own groups that, that might be having those sort of things going on? Because I, I imagine it would be very relieving and maybe the people who did help me as a kid were also on the spectrum and I was too spectrum to notice. <laughs> oh, that's a thought, isn't it? Um, I yeah. mean, I'd, I'd like to think so. Um, I, 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 just a, Small tangent, um, I took a youth mental health first aid training course um, last uh, winter. And um, I, I learned there that we're, we're not supposed to diagnose the students. Of course um, not. So no, just, no. And that's dangerous. I will just and, say that as a reminder yeah, to myself. Uh, armchair diagnosis is where you, from your little seat that, again, you did not go to the medical school. Uh, you you try to <laughs> reach through through somebody's brain and just and, and to say what's wrong with them. And if you don't have the kind, say, yes. the right kind of training, and that's you know up to interpretation and, and, and varies by culture and all those things, uh, and accessibility is, is very, very dangerous uh, the way the gatekeeping operates. Uh, all that said, I, I just have a sense of familiarity with the way they behave. Yeah, um, and maybe if, if it's true. not if it's not on the spectrum, if it's not anything, maybe it could even just be like legitimately just a shy kid. Do you think that there is some sort of benefit to having people like you there that you're like, oh, I could recognize that and maybe I could just make these environments a little bit less stifling for them? <laughs> I, I I like to think so. Absolutely. Um, it's 
I, I'm a little sad that I only get a certain amount of time with these students each day. And, and even now, um, that, that was taken away, right? Because uh, we, our school district has been distance learning um, for right. the past year, school year and a half. But when we were in person, um, I, I would just, I, I noticed things as, as you do, being around them each week. And, and I'd go, hmm, this, this reminds me of myself in yeah. one way or another. And, and I try to just comment on something that I think would help them or just give them some encouragement because uh, school is also very scary <laughs> and can be very discouraging. Um, yeah, of course. And, and also, e even the teachers as well. There, there can be just this like, I, I, I understand more of all the stuff that teachers have to do on a daily basis. And it's some a people, lot. some people, I'll just say it for you, should not be teachers. They don't have the constitution. There is also it. that they, their yes. temperament, or they just plain out don't, like some of them seem to lack. Uh, the sort of sympathy or even empathy and really put themselves in those kids' places and be like, do you not remember how how overwhelming even just walking into the building every day can be? Or sometimes are you not feeling that yourself, even as a grown human being? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And and I'll just I'll just um, give a, a quick example. Um, the, the student, I think this was a second grade class, um, he came up to me and he was upset because um, the book he had picked last week was too difficult for him, but yeah. he, he insisted on getting it because, you know, he's a child um, and he didn't do well on his reading test. And so he was very oh, upset. Man, that's, and that sucks. <laughs> and he, I think he, I'm sure he also got in trouble with his teacher as well because it brought down his scores and whatnot. Um, and so even, we, we start him early. How productive can you be? And if you're not cutting it, that should correlate directly to yourself for it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. All, all numbers driven. Um, yes. You're, you're right. Even at that age. And um, so I, uh, I, was trying to help him, but then he just kept getting more upset and actually crying. And his teacher got mad at him and he goes, stop crying. And, and I'm like, okay, so I, you know, I, I can have to, I have to be careful with how I handle this. Cause I don't want right. to call the teacher, but I also don't want this kid to be upset <laughs> over something that's not his fault. And that is not that big of a deal. So, um, I just said, okay, you know, like that, I, I will help you. Let's let's just handle this. And so mm -hmm. um, I got the book. I was helping other students, and then I went over to check on him, brought him some tissues, and I helped him pick out a book that was more um, his uh, reading level and um, something that he wanted to read. And I, I always try to do that as well. I, I ask the students, well, what are you interested in? What do you like to learn about? Or oh what, yes, what just do you actually meet them where they are. Cool? Yes. Yes. And, and sometimes it's a little difficult. I'm thinking maybe because they weren't asked that before. And so they're not really sure of that. Um, but uh, I mean, some of them are totally sure. And they're like, yeah, show me. I want to know how to build an airplane. And I'm like, okay, uh, let me see what I can do. Yeah, and you're like, okay, well, okay. How far are we going back? And Wilbur, right, let's go and uh, build an airplane. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, you know what I think it is? And I, and, I, and I will give you just the most sincere compliment I can tell you're somebody who's talked to those kids like they're individuals and you meet them on their level and where they are. Cause I know that that's how you talk to each and every one of us in our groups by actually saying like, Oh, what are you interested in? Children are probably very seldom asked what they're interested in. They're mostly like having adults, like tell them to shut up about what they're interested in. Like, you know, go play, go do it, whatever. You know, I don't want to actually hear about it. So I appreciate that you actually turn that and go, 
I'll ask you an open-ended question, which children also are not asked often not, like what are your yes. actual thoughts? Mm -hmm. And then you help them apply it and go, you can manifest, we're gonna build you an airplane. And then say, next thing you know, you two are on the roof and we're all shouting, you get down, he only read one book. <laughs> uh, I think that would just be, I, I don't know why in my brain at the end of the story, you both accomplished building an airplane. <laughs> I just have that, I have that I can see you. It. Some, something I miss a lot is this um, semi-annual library librarian conference um yeah. for the district where we all converge into a meeting room for the morning and we just talk about library techniques and and um weeding and and reshelving and book repairs oh it's, and it's so much fun it's for librarian text i love it it's so it's cool the best time. <laughs> oh i bet it's like i bet it's like summer camp and you're all like who's my who's my convention crush i i know that that's <laughs> happening for sure <laughs> i love it so much and i miss it so much just being in the room with all of these other librarians and we didn't get to talk about books for three hours like uh, yes, <laughs> I'm getting paid for this. Oh, oh, oh! Before I lose you, because I only, I only ever, I, uh, I can, I, I'm paying my guests for the hour. For that, I want to make sure we talk about vampires. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, I, I hear you, I, I just hear you talk about like uh, Dracula and, and vampire stuff. And uh, were you saying that you, that you even you even write your own fiction around uh, vampire stuff? No, I, I did mention that. Um, I think in our meeting last week, that was the icebreaker. So I can't even say it was um, a pandemic thing or excuse me, a quarantine thing, right? Because this was kind of starting in January of last year. And it was just like, I don't know. At, at this point, I feel like I'm, I'm just where I'm meant to be. I Like I said earlier, I've always been drawn to spooky things. Yeah, um, me too. And... <laughs> That's why I'm excited to talk about this. <laughs> so like, this is part of who I am. I'm always going to come back to this. I, uh, I think mine was- men with capes. <laughs> You I love that's who I'm attracted to. Yeah, uh, my, that's who I want to be. I own a cape now, so ah, it's great. Life I is it. great. I got my first cape. Okay, my first cape. <laughs> what a weird, what a weird statement wow. to say. Uh, was uh, I had a Renaissance version because I was still in girl mode, but I wanted to be like Merlin and not tell anybody. Mm. <laughs> and so I got, I had somebody. I, uh, my, I, I told my my grandma like I would like to voluntarily wear a dress, and so of course that happened. They're like, yes, let's let's do this most of the time it's pulling teeth to get ready to want to wear anything frilly and so i got like this beautiful and i made sure that it had like as little actual frill on it as possible this was a this was a cloak to be wearing around in the, in the yard and stuff just so i could go outside in it i was like this is an outside cloak everybody but i just wanted it to be bo more boyish <laughs> i love that wow. and it was like it was like a green one uh that went down out to the ground oh my gosh i wish i had a picture i'll see if i can I don't have many uh, like childhood photos of me because uh, because uh, it's with like family that I don't talk to. Uh, but long story short, very excited that you own a cloak. Is it more like it's more like a uh, Dracula, like ah, sort of like uh, I, I think so. Yeah, I love yes, it. Yes, no, it, it was. <laughs> this is a no disparaging zone. If you're being a hater right now, back off. I'm gonna put that out there. <laughs> oh my gosh, and, you're laughing and... with and not at. If you are a uh, laugh uh, laugh uh, adder, I already don't like you. Get out, get away. From me <laughs> let me tell you um my significant other and uh our mutual good friend and i went out last uh november 1st the day after halloween we had missed our friend um and so yeah we just we dressed up and when i say that i mean i had my cape um my significant other had his um devil horns and and our, our friend um they just they they're always 
dressed to impress. Um, and so we just, we were hanging out. We got donuts. We went to Stater Brothers dressed like we were. I think you I wore my, my fangs oh, under my mask. It was just the greatest experience. And um, Stater Brothers is a San Bernardino, which I lived in, and Yucca Valley has has them. So that's how we know. It's a San Bernardino, I think San, uh, San Bernardino County uh, specific uh, grocery chain. And uh, and I always remember it being like, not, not that you can tell the politics of a grocery store, but I imagine anybody who's rich enough to have a chain is probably on the more conservative <laughs> side, especially in San Bernardino County. So, oh man, you would just go to Staters and you just go to the deli section and be like, give me some blood, please. <laughs> it was it was a very like fulfilling experience. And as as our friend pointed out, we were feeding our our inner child. Uh, I, I feel like so much of like costume and cosplay and all of that stuff. I, I feel like that's like the, uh, especially for, you know, cishet people, Halloween's like one, one night a year, they're allowed to get a little bit gayer. <laughs> but as I like to say, the scares are year round. And that's why gays are obsessed with Halloween because they're like, yeah, <laughs> I, I keep it fun all the time. I'll get dressed up on a Tuesday and go to Stater Brothers. That's amazing. I love that so much. And I hope that you and I can dress up together sometime because I bet we would have so much fun just going and freaking out people. We could go to Denny's. <laughs> I would love that. Yes. And and to tie it back. Um, yeah, I just I, I think last year, last January, I just had this thought like, um, oh, you know, it'd be cool if like Dracula and Satan were dating. Tell me what the gossip is between uh, Dracula and Satan. What 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 happened? Why did they break up? <laughs> um, so, uh, long story short, no um, gory details. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, not to get into gory details, but Satan helped Dracula come to be. So, uh, so Satan was, is Satan the is Satan the bottom or the top in this relationship, or are they verse? Or is it or, or, or is one of them side? Are they ace? What's the deal? <laughs> Dracula thinks he's the top that until he drags. meets Satan. That drags that 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 old queen that <laughs> wearing makeup and and cloaks and and hanging out with women he's not even attracted to. <laughs> so so amazing. And then what what is Satan's uh uh gen like gender expression if you if you know it and se sexual orientation? How, how does he identify within the the queer world? Is he top bottom? <laughs> <laughs> I was I just had this this image of this like very tall, um figure with hair spilling down the shoulders and um, dark eyes, of course, because mm -hmm. um, taking from uh, everyone's favorite uh, own fan fiction, the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> because I, no, because it's a, uh, it's, a, it's a reboot. It's fan fiction of the Zion Asterisk. <laughs> well, I was just taking the idea that that Lucifer was a fallen angel and, and he was the the light bearer basically right just yes. very, very like uh, i i interpret that to mean um like truth seer like he could see everything but of course that like bit him in the ass because he could see what god was planning and he didn't agree with it and so there was this war um satan fell and became satan and then he has a plan out to get back at god of course yes and yes, yes. Whole Dracula falls thing. into very, a very, very big <laughs> queer drama. Have it, have it. The, I'll destroy the party if you if you don't let me come to it. Yes. <laughs> oh, so and and of course I haven't I haven't gotten all of this down. I've gotten the beginning. Um, In of the it, beginning, of you got that far. Yes. yes and I <laughs> and and I, I 
wrote it from the perspective of Vlad's, because Vlad Tepish was the real Dracula, right? Uh, Vlad Tepish? Was that the name? That, that was the name of the uh, Vlad the Impaler dude? Yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I should I should have done more. I, I got I got the 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 years for the movies I'm gonna talk about. <laughs> I forgot to, to look up any actual vampire history, and that's library hours, baby. That is library hours. I am not a nerd, I'm a dork. I will remember the movies, but then go, oh wait, an actual guy existed. I should have done research on him. So uh yeah, oh my gosh. And before we switch to our, our fun game segment, how did Dracula and Satan get together and fall in love? Blood because uh, he's still Vlad when they meet. He's just wandering the countryside being a, a cursed corpse. Ha. Um, <laughs> say that with I've, no context. I've been there before. I've, I've had those sort of like long spells where I haven't seen anybody in a while. Like, I'm a cursed corpse. I, I got to be cold to the touch. No one wants to touch me. Yeah, and so what happens? They meet. Um, so Satan has him brought to uh, his lair and... Mm-hmm strikes up a bargain with him and says, hey, um, you and I both hate God for uh, many different reasons. You want to make a deal with me. And it, it goes from there. <laughs> okay, no, don't say anything more. I want you to okay. send the link. As soon as we're done, I'm gonna read it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is so sexy. <laughs> Speaking of sexy, let's start for my big segment where we're, we're talking, we're, we're, we're gossiping about Draculas. Uh, it doesn't have to be Dracula. If you think of any other ones while we go, I just kind of like jotted down mine in chronological order of like uh, film chronological order. So I could be like, oh, okay, yeah, in case this like inspires like the next one. Uh, okay. And you can just let me know if you don't know anything about it. I'll just give my little spiel of why I liked it. Uh, did you, because I also know that you are a film nerd. You did one time just like casually drop a uh, license to drive the Corey Haim film. And I, was I like, did. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, I did that because I had, I just knew it in my gut that you would know what I was talking about. That's such a read. And you did. That's such a read. Oh, okay. Never mind. We, <laughs> license to drive is a film starring Corey Feldman, Corey Haim. <laughs> Again, one of those films that, like, if I tell you to go watch it, it might be like, you'd be like, what's going on? But for it's, me, it was important. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and not a Dracula movie, so get it out of the way. Anyway, uh, <laughs> have you seen uh, the 1922 F.W. Uh, Murnau Nosferatu, one of the, the first, like, big baddies of, of the genre, uh, German expressionist? Ooh, no, I have not. But I did hear that... Um, Bram Stoker's wife was upset over its conception because it is very heavily influenced by the novel. But oh yeah, we no- say heavily influenced in that way that like they say to <laughs> stole ideas away yes. from the novel and the and the novel. But didn't give him credit, didn't ask for rights or anything. Yeah, because because again, put this into perspective, this book was such a cultural shift for uh, the, uh, Bram Stoker's uh, Dracula. It was one of the first things that like, he's not quite the protagonist, you know, because we have that figure to like keep it, you know, Christian moral centered, uh, but he was given a lot more sympathy as a character. You saw a lot more insight to, into his personality, even mm-hmm. if it was like uh, in those broad strokes way melodrama ways you know gothic romance ways uh and made and made women horny for dracula <laughs> and, and gay men and everybody uh and and so not you know so that was like ni- uh, 1897 in 1922 this film suddenly comes out from from the german expressionists expressionism just like the very uh no gory details is literally <laughs> instead of it being like supernatural 
is um like everything being realistic, hyper realistic with expressionism. It's like uh kind of like the impressionists where they just want you to feel something viscerally. So they, yes. they 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 don't worry about getting everything just exactly right. They use a lot of magic. They're just like whatever, whatever. I'm trying to get you to feel something. And Nosferatu took the Dracula character, maybe even more in the way that he was thought of at the time. He's still like that sort of hunchback, sort of like Ugh, you know, sort of like yes. not not very humanoid, more animal than man. Yes. And so figure. when you so that so that when you hear about these women being enticed by them, it's even scarier because you're like, I'm not attracted to that. And that way, uh, that like Brecht or the other people would be like, oh, it's okay. The alienation effect is why you are affected by this instead of empathetic protagonists you know, or or antagonist characters that we have today. Now, when you watch something, we want to know where everybody's coming from. And if we can't empathize, mm-hmm. we think we, we're just like, oh, you shouldn't show that because I don't I don't see myself in it. Uh, the, the expressionists do not give a shit. It's like David Lynch in Twin Peaks. He does not care Ooh. if you don't understand what's going wow. on. I love yeah, that yeah, connection. Yeah, yeah. And so right after that came out, the Stroker people were like, we need to get our stuff together. They got the Broadway production in 1924 with Bella Lugosi, who would then go on to play the film role for the original Dracula. Did you watch the Bella Lugosi Dracula? I did. And um, what are your thoughts? My, my, my household was a VHS household for, for many years. Actually, we still have a working uh, VHS player. That's cool. Um, I love that. <laughs> and one of the movies we had was Bela Lugosi's Dracula. And that would be one of our, our movies that we'd see for Halloween time because my mom is a very seasonal woman. Yeah. Um, and so I, I probably just internalized that because, I mean, who wouldn't? He's He's so, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. He uh, has it's that, probably that the cape. <laughs> but he also, Bela Lugosi was one of those characters. He, okay, this is some fun, like, Broadway nerd uh, stuff. Uh, he was one of the first, like, big, big actual stars from this show because it was such a like a phenomenon because like it was a scary play and, and yes. usually like they would keep they would keep it cute uh, or political but not just like straight up horror in ways that you didn't quite understand entirely. Bella Lugosi was so sexy, such a heartthrob, such a like an action star in that sort of way that he would have his fans like mob him. These women would come and grab him on the street. I, I heard about this in that uh, you must remember this podcast with uh, Karina Longworth. It's uh, she does like old Hollywood stories and she'll go into to the, the backtrack of the history of everything. And Bela Lugosi, he was just a heartthrob. So even if, he, I think he was a bit older when he played the film version, there's still that sort of part of him that's just so magnetic in his eyes when he looks at the, when he looks towards the camera, you're like, ooh. Yes, I, absolutely. I, I, and they have that soft focus across his face, uh, the, the way that they do, uh, usually with women characters. I'm like, yes, get it. This is so <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I just, I think everyone can just, can have an experience with his performance on <laughs> yes. Oh, no, no, for sure. He, you know, he was somebody who was able to, even with his thick accent, uh, which I'll, you know, I'll say is very relative to what you consider an accent, but for uh, Hollywood standards, when they wanted you to have that transatlantic or that yes. very Ohio uh, sort of like way of saying everything, he was somebody who was able to go from Broadway, this was unheard of at the time, to go from Broadway and the silent era of, of film into mm-hmm. talkies with his accent and and he was able to be like no actually the women i mean this is french what the heck no don't call me the foo that's that's because of my height i'm five three how dare you uh he <laughs> and because i want and because i want to feed guests on three dozen eggs yes <laughs> uh but, uh, but lagosi could, could he be like no women are gonna like the mystery and intrigue about like 
some far off aristocrat. It doesn't matter if they don't know what Transylvania or whatever actually sounds like. I sound like I'm from there to them in my mind. And he was able to use his accent as a selling point the same way that Desi Arnaz was able to successfully do with Lucy. It'd be like, no, this is like, mm-hmm. first of all, you're underserving a, a big uh, audience segment by ignoring that they exist. So put me on TV. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he was able to do that for film. Okay, awesome. So of course, uh, I'm going to jump all the way to 1992 now from 1924. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, with, uh, uh, I brought him up earlier. And I know he's in trouble right now, but I will say just in terms of what I watched a lot uh, and I'm still like working out how I feel about it. The 1992 film version, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, not the TV show, uh, oh, which was also made okay. by Joss Whedon, but the original mm-hmm. one. Have you happened to seen this one before? Yes. And what, what do you um, think about it? I, it, it's okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, guess, I, I, don't... Get that, I get that reaction. It's what, I, and, I, and I can, I can explain why I like it and then we can get completely off the topic because it, it, it has its limitations is what I'll say. <laughs> um, I don't know. It just, it doesn't, something about it doesn't click. And yeah. I mean, I mean, the Buffy for it is great, but it, it could be the writing is what I'm thinking of. It, like the- uh, Joss Whedon is not my favorite writer. Uh, and I, and I, and I always get, I have to say it was probably the actors like serving the material. Well, have you ever watched a movie that you're like, I know if they didn't get this star, this movie would be sucky. Yes. Oh yes, <laughs> Christy Swanson. There we go. Was is is the name of the actor uh, who played Buffy, and then the bad guy, Rutger Hauer, Lothos. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Rutger Hauer. If you don't know, he is like known so well in like the spooky horror, <laughs> right? Is that is that what he's primarily known for? I want to sci-fi. say sci-fi. Oh no, in sci-fi. Yes, yeah, so Blade Runner. Yeah. Blade Runner. Oh, well, Blade Runner's scary to me. So, <laughs> and it's, it's Blade Runner. Uh, It—that's uh, the one with the with the with the the robots, right? Yes, the replicants. Yeah, the replicants, which yes. is all, uh, very another. Uh, a lot of times, queer people are like, "We're robots. We're monsters." I I, I identify, identify with all of them, especially as an autistic person. Uh, but back to uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Here are the things that I liked for it, and that did not work for me, and totally understand if it's not someone's cup of tea. It kind of reminded me of. Uh, if I, this is what I think happened. This is my this is my uh, conspiracy theory of how I think Joss Whedon conceived of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think Joss Whedon saw that uh, Teen Witch was successful, even though it was a bad movie. Okay. Have, have, you, have you ever seen Teen Witch before? No, but I know of it. Yeah, it is not a good film, uh, which was also conceived as a ripoff because uh, it was uh, capitalizing on the success of Teen Wolf. Which was the Michael J. Fox story about, which is another trans, another trans uh, storyline story of a young man uh, suddenly uh, uh, hit, hitting puberty and becoming a little hairy wolf man. Uh, <laughs> Teen Witch was an unsuccessful attempt at, at, at capitalizing on that, just terrible film. And then there was also a 1983 film called Valley Girl, which was a huge success in America, and it caused the Valley Girl uh, craze across the nation, where suddenly uh, people who were not from the Valley were speaking with an upspeak and. It, and, and, and like everybody started going to malls more and like it, that was really like the germ in my in my opinion in film history on what affects the culture started the whole mall culture craze uh mm-hmm. and i think joss whedon because i'll just say i didn't watch the show I, I don't think and i don't i don't really like jive with his entire like perception of, of feminism i think it's like really limited and sexist in its own ways uh, and i also know he's in trouble so i i know he's in trouble right now so i can say it freely <laughs> uh <laughs> What I liked was that it was a slightly more successful 
version of Teen Witch by way of a legitimate film, uh, uh, Valley Girl, uh, and uh, which was more actually subversive and actually showing like young teenage girls having agency and sexuality and stuff like, uh, it, it's not a perfect film by any means, uh, but if you do want to see like a young Nicolas Cage, watch that. And I just love, and I just, I think also I had a big crush on Luke Perry. So it could be that I'm just- <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> that I just, uh, Luke Perry was very much in his like, he, uh, I don't know if uh, Beverly Hills 90210 had come out yet, but nobody played a virile young troubled man like Luke Perry did very like <laughs> very uh uh what what's his name James Dean he was like a James Dean sort of for Gen X and an older millennial set wait so tell me about that other one with the fingernails again oh that that was Dracula 2000 yeah tell me uh what, what are, Butler. now compared to the Lugosi one what were the what were the things that you liked about it versus like what or what was different about it besides the fingernails well, <laughs> so I'm a little more biased towards this one because first of all this was a movie that I saw when I would come home from school and I I'm pretty sure this was when I was um, allowed to ride the bus and so my parents trusted me enough where I'd, I'd come home after getting dropped off by the bus and I'd be alone because both of them would be working yeah um, I'd be alone for a number of hours same, and, same deal with me sometimes yeah it's just what happens yeah. with your latchkey kid yeah <laughs> but being an undiagnosed ADHD uh, little queer that I was, I did not start homework, of course. Uh, no, I no, would, no, you got more important business. <laughs> I would deal. find whatever food there was in the house available and I would watch TV and, and I would watch, of course, things that I wouldn't normally see while my parents were home. And I, I call this um, my after-school special because I saw a lot of stuff. Oh also, yeah, the, the <laughs> I know same, what you mean. Same time, <laughs> I, I found this TV show, Moonlight, which was about an L.A. vampire detective. Whoa, um, Moonlight. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, no. it, it only got one season, though. Do you remember who star, stars in it? Hold on. Let me see if I can look it it's up. It's very 2000s looking with his, like, long, longish curly hair and trench coat. Mm -hmm. Alex Laughlin, am I thinking? Yes. Oh, in this, the Wikipedia <laughs> stops us. In this eerie <laughs> mystery series, private investigator Mick St. John is a charismatic, resourceful, and undead person. Oh yeah, okay, so tell me what you liked about this show. P picture young middle school Ari, after school mm -hmm. special, snacks in hand, watching stuff that I'm not supposed to be watching. And yes. so going back to Dracula 2000, I was also biased at the time because I think my first hyperfixation was Phantom of the Opera, the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. Okay, so, so you're anything, like men in anything relating to that, <laughs> yes, I I had to experience. And Gerard Butler starred in the 2004 film adaptation, and so I was also interested in anything he had to do. And so when I found out he was Dracula, another spooky guy in a cape, I was so on board. You just exploded, and I'm sure. <laughs> I did. And that I think that's also why I felt so <laughs> so encouraged to stop biting my nails because I wanted to be like Gerard Butler with oh, the that's long so curly amazing. hair I love with the cave <laughs> and nails. And funnily enough, I think the character that Alex O'Loughlin plays in this TV show Moonlight looks a lot like Gerard Butler's Dracula. So there was also oh. a connection there. I mean, you know, basic looking white guys with long curly hair and dark clothes. Eh, I, yeah. 
You can um, just imprint on them because they are so nondescript that you that like you know and 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 when it's all that's being given to you as options as as media representation, of course you just take what you can get. Okay, I know what you exactly what you mean by early two thousands visuals because okay, and I'm saying this just off of the feeling of the way it was shot, not yes. like content or even like tone <laughs> or anything. It kind of gives me that early Doctor Who, like the first few seasons vibe, where everybody it's like very Starks blues, like uh, dark navy blue were very important to the early 2000s for like anything that was like sci-fi or horror they would just they, they loved it and then the, like, later they found the orange in the gradient and they went "Ooh, we are so complex with color correction now <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you also have like these bright neon greens because they loved uh, i love lighting design in, in film uh, and color design especially and i can see that this uses very good stark use of color imagery i can see like oh i can tell this guy in a red shirt is bad i can see a lot of red coming up as, as a motif so yeah blues and reds oh gosh yeah no wonder for a little kid who who can get like mm -hmm. overstimulated with visuals yeah I, i'm right there with you <laughs> oh yeah and and so then at some point that did become a very big um part of my after school special where i would along with my you know bowl of chips or something i would get crap i would i started asking my mom to buy cranberry juice for obvious yes. reasons yes and so i like, pour it in a glass goblet yes. and i would even put more drops of red food coloring and i would just look at myself in the mirror sipping my cranberry juice <laughs> okay all right this is not a vampire uh movie so please let me know that you forgive me for bringing it up but i'll tell you my version of this of my after school special that i did that that is that level of like oh my goodness uh have you seen the craft that the also from like that early 90s for yes. it, it's about the four 14 witches who get their mm -hmm. powers after they come into they harness their their teen girl uh sensuality and and, and agency and uh Farisa bulk is just like a, a a mad woman who i was like oh, that, that one's me that was, <laughs> when I was a little girl I was very much like rage uh and I wanted me and my friend uh Brandy we wanted to uh we would watch that film in our own after school special of course my my Christian grandparents did not know I was watching any of this <laughs> my southern baptist <laughs> even better my southern baptist San Bernardino Sander Brothers shopping grandparents <laughs> were, they, they, they yeah that euphemism they uh they did not know me and Brandy we would pretend that we were witches ourselves while we would watch it and we would try to do the ceremony with them so we would like go to like Spencer's gifts or whatever where we could find a chalice or what you know we we tracked down like spell books with like fairies on the cover that was like yes. super, and we would we would go on the internet and we would google witch spells <laughs> just which like who knows what because i want to say this was like 1998 1999 so who even knows what on internet explorer was coming up for us when we went to jeeves on ask jeeves because <laughs> we it wasn't the google supremacy it was it is now and we would be like hey jeeves what's a witch spell? And he'd be like, I'm a butler. Let me lead you to the, the spells. And then some text file just telling us like things to buy. And I was, I'm just like, oh my God, thank goodness we did not poison ourselves just following the blind advice of strangers <laughs> online. And I would invariably get too scared to drink the actual potion. <laughs> Because I was a neurotic kid. My friend Brandy, she's like, she's like, she was a kid who was like, I'm smoking weed at 13. I don't care. I would get out my cloak, my outside cloak, wear it indoors, special occasion. <laughs> Amazing. I wish I still had that cloak. I'm sad. <laughs>
it probably doesn't fit me. That was a child's cloak. Why, why am I sad that I lost a child's cloak? <laughs> uh, okay, now I'm sure this is one that's very near and dear to your heart. So please try not to fan out too hard over it. 2008, around the time that we're getting into the golden age of horror again, we're starting to see all these beautiful influences uh, from yesteryear. But you know, tell me about 2008's Twilight. Ah, I love the look on your face. Just thought you're like, how do I say this politely? Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. No, who cares about that crap? In my, sorry if you like it. I should be less ju value judgmenty, but it's a weird pedophilia story. That <laughs> it is, it is. But I know he can't help it that he was still in high school and he was over a hundred. That just happens sometimes. He's also a, a super genius and rich, and he just happens to have hung out there. That that, that happens to guys. That, that age. Ugh, now I'm just getting into my own uh, dating history. I don't want to go there. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. Uh, all, all kidding aside, uh, did you like Twilight? Because I actually have another title that came out the same year and that's, and I just wanted to fake you out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I did at the time because, I mean, I, I was a young, uh, impressionable middle schooler. Um, Who's into spooky stuff and oh my goodness. And then, yes. and then Kristen Stewart's giving off some sort of queer vibe with her. her she's like, I don't even know if I want to talk to you. Very, very young uh, queer girl who may or may not be interested <laughs> in men later, but might definitely turned out seems to be less interested <laughs> in Kristen's <Yes>. case. <laughs> I, I do have more like, I, I don't know. It, it was less like, look, looking back now, it was less like the text itself, but more of just like the energy that it was feeding me like my after school specials yeah. and there there was there's this person at, at middle school i i don't want to put any labels uh, i don't know you know uh, oh no of course not, yeah, not really not really in contact or you know how, how she identified then or now um but we'll just say that she was a tomboy Okay. Yeah. Put it. Put. We'll put it that way on the on the on on, on the femme to butch scale. Maybe leaning a little bit uh, off of center and to the butch side. We'll say. <laughs> yes. And um, she was tall, dark hair, blue eyes. So um, lo looking back, I I definitely had a crush on her. Uh... And <laughs> I don't know what her thing was. Uh, well. I kind of do. She was like, oh, yeah, when I was little, I burned Barbies. And I'm like, whoa, you're so dangerous. Yeah, riot um, girl. And so rebel, rebel. She, she would wear vampire fangs to school sometimes. And I'm like, so okay. So cool, yes. So, like, here's already, like, here's a vampire. And then, I don't know, at one point, werewolves were introduced to my um young mind but they're there they're still there total trans culture just wanting to <laughs> shapeshift um oh that's why i meanwhile i same age <laughs> i was into sailor moon that's why i wear dresses now it's like i i i'm like and that's why i'm so too earnest to function and just like love it everybody should be loving each other please stop but i'm also a crybaby <laughs> oh, no <laughs> yeah uh, you're you're still in your spookiness and i'm still in my my sailor moon vibes both big trans culture so god bless <laughs> yes and and, and uh, funnily, funnily, there it is again. Funnily uh -huh. enough, um, at, at the time, I I didn't want to be a vampire. Mm -hmm. I I wanted to be a werewolf. And it's only now that I'm in this past year that I've been having fun masquerading as '80s Dracula, which is another yeah. a, an even another uh, creation of mine. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh... so. <laughs> 
Can I tell you that I uh, I I think I'm as obsessed with vampires because I all all the same same things. I would watch all of these vampire movies. I finally put together that I just related to them a lot. And can I can I tell you the reasons why that I yes, why do. like like Letterman? Ten reasons why I read relate to vampires. Not number one, I have a I have a garlic sensitivity. I cannot <laughs> I will get terribly Ooh. sick if I eat it. Very okay. on the nose, but uh, also for the trans reasons, uh, mirrors and I do not have a very good uh, relationship. I knew I, I knew that going to be another number the big one I will not go to your house unless I'm specifically invited I'm too socially awkward to just invite myself over places so I would often be the mm-hmm. kid who was like being left out of stuff yes, uh, please tell so me yeah, what to do yeah so inv- <laughs> invite me into your house uh, by name if, if, if possible uh, number three if you stake me through the heart I'll die there now, you go. That was one that when I was a kid, I would always get so mad. I was like, "That you can kill most anything. That <laughs> doesn't make you. That doesn't make you uh, an immortal monster. Otherwise, that's like saying like the way that you kill a mummy is you put a pillow over its face while it's sleeping. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only someone had told Brendan Fraser sooner. Just gently, like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. That guy was a mummy secretly. They don't know that that part about 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 one flew oh over the cuckoo's gosh. nest. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so so you, you oh my gosh oh do you so, think also going back to you feeling like you are a werewolf but you identify with also with vampires do you think that it's possible for there be a, to be a werewolf vampire yes <laughs> you said that so but, like here are the texts <laughs> well, more 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 in a nerdy i have a nerdy answer for this because yes, give me the nerdy last year answer. i i downloaded this uh this audiobook app, um, LibriVox, and oh, yeah. awesome. um, I was having the Dracula novel read to me, and so then I was just flipping through stuff, looking for some uh, content to to inspire me, and it's implied that Dracula can turn can shapeshift into different things, not just a bat, and so he also appears as a wolf. Whoa. And when I found that out last year, I'm like, oh, well, there I go. I can be whatever I want. Um, so that that's you're my the were- answer. You're that. the werewolfy. Oh, I love that. I love mm-hmm. that so much. And then yes. the, the the last two that I can remember that are that were very important to me was the 94 uh, interview with the vampire with Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise and Kirsten Dunst. I think I identify with Kirsten Dunst as being like one of those wise beyond your years kids who's just frustrated by it and overwhelmed instead. Because uh, basically in that movie, uh, she's like uh, Tom Cruise uh, and, and Brad Pitt are these like two ad- fully adult men who who make this little girl into a vampire, and then they have the conflict of like her figuring out that she can know that she's like, oh, I am actually mortal, and like figuring out what that means with an adult brain still in a child's body. Did Did you mm-hmm. watch that one? I did, and yeah. I I don't know if that was an after school special or not, but yeah, I mean, it, in in later years, like I I continued the tradition of the after school special where. Now I'll just wait for my parents to go to bed because yes. I go to bed early. <laughs> and so I'll just stay up and watch things that they wouldn't approve of. So I did that, yeah. but I just started doing it when I was a kid. So I did I had insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I was just watching way too much stuff all the time. And what what did you think of in an interview with a vampire? Uh just like another trigger warning. This one was made by Anne Rice. She made a whole like uh series of, of vampire books, but she is a little bit, I'll say, out there is the euphemism I'll use and, and mm-hmm. might also be conservative and, and reactionary in her own way. So tread tread lightly in all of the, the themes because it gets like it's homoerotic, but also like very sexual and, and 
and gratuitous violence, but you find that in any vampire stuff. I don't know why I'm saying that so much. <laughs> I don't, it's, it's, it's rather chaotic, isn't it? It's yeah. just, it's all over the place. I think, I think the, the movie is trying to be a lot of different things at once. Cause and... uh, Anne Rice, her books are so crammed full of information that like there was no way, especially at that time, like people were not seeing three hour movies. So they, they, they would try to like cram it all in and you said chaotic, right? It would be so fast paced that you're like, wait, I don't, who was that person? Mm-hmm. Do they matter? Are they coming back? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I think, I think overall it just, it, it has a more comical feel to it. Absurd. Yeah, I would say like high drama, and uh, Tom Cruise is just—I don't know—he—he, I'm actually like he—he does it very well. I don't know what what juicy drink for that film, but it's melodrama. It's doing the 1920s Bella Lugosi, but in the 90s when people didn't have the patience for it anymore for the melodrama of it all. And so I think you're so right that 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 you're still like, oh, you're sexy, but I don't think this is a good movie. This is like definitely one of those like really good bad movies that you put on with your friends and you're like, let's make fun of the bad stuff and get horny at the stuff that you get horny at. And that's, you know, we call it what it is. Yes, I love it. And then the most recent one that I got really into both the movie and the TV show is the 2014 uh, Taika Waititi, What We Do in the Shadows. Are you into that uh, movie or the show? I, I started watching the show with my dad at some point, maybe last year. And uh, we both love it. That, that's definitely our humor. Um, uh, what character what character do you do you like the most like who's your favorite oh it, it's been a while it, it's funny um so like we, we we can't really watch it while my mom's here because we don't think she'd appreciate like the the dark oh yeah uh, okay because i will and, and the humor so <laughs> i'll give a um... i'll give a too uh, a too long didn't read to your mom and and to anyone else it's basically a, a mockumentary like fake documentary uh comedy horror series about these i think is it it's like uh, two or three vampires, and 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 two of them are are like more historical ones. Oh wait, no, Nosferatu sort of like uh, kind of character lives there too, and he's like an ancient one. And it's yes. these different vampires from different parts of history, and that's where the sort of like sitcommy like they're 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 like perfect strangers. They they don't get along, but like in that really dark, twisted way of they're all human killing machines. <laughs> and then also through the dry New Zealand, very British. Uh, sensibility of, of Taika Waititi and uh, yes. it, it, it's really it's just a really great character actory sort of thing I think one of the dudes Jermaine Clement is just fucking amazing in that role super cute I have a crush on him in that role even though it's really he's really gross sometimes <laughs> oh oh yeah mm-hmm um, yeah, so I, well, I only preface that because, uh, I haven't, <laughs> haven't got to finish it. And I actually, I showed my, my partner that, and he finished it within like a week and I'm like, okay, so <laughs> I, I should just, I should just watch it. But from what I, from what I've seen, I've only seen uh, some episodes from the first season. Um, I think I really like Nandor because, uh, honestly, which this, one's Nandor again? He's, um, I think he's, he's like anointed himself the, the head of the household. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yes, 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 yes. I know uh, and, the, 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 the kind of prissier one. <laughs> yes, yes, very because, you. <laughs> because of the first episode, and he's like, I got a, I got a letter from super spooky dude back home. Um, yeah, let, let's let's go to the the lounge to to read the letter, and they're like, just open the letter. He's like, no, it's it's just a formality, and and they're like, <laughs> you you could have read it by now. He's like. Um, it's just formality let's go let's go to the lounge and like if 
I, I can see myself like just doing that, like, like, no, I have to do it my way. And this is why I have a reading room to read. And so we're going in there. And, and we need to have neurotic <laughs> type A vampires represented on TV. And you're very right about that. I love that you, <laughs> that you get to see yourself in that character. Uh, oh, you know who I love? Uh, and it's very um, adjacent. Matt Barry, I know from, did you ever watch Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? No, I did not. Okay, this is uh, you. I'll send you a link uh, to the first thing because I think you're going to love it. And uh, you send me your fan fiction and we have that exchange. Yes. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place is also a mockumentary, but it's also a fictionalized thing. It's a show within a show. Okay. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place is a uh, sort of retrospective of like the douchiest version of like a Stephen King guy who was a big, uh, but if he got washed up, like if he stopped being uh, relevant at some point. Mm-hmm. The, uh, and so they set it up that this guy, because literally the BBC ran out of content, they decided to bring back this guy's show. And he was the only one who still owned copies that he had in his basement. His name is Garth Marenghi. And he's like this very self-obsessed, like just icky, like the that sort of like you, like that you hope that all of your heroes don't turn out to be <laughs> when, mm-hmm. when you learn more about them. And he shows you his old show called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. It's a parody of old science fiction and horror shows from the 80s and 90s. So it has that very like synthy uh, soundtrack. And Matt Berry, yes. he plays the sexy doctor at the hospital. And and, and all of the actors are uh, basically, they went in and they, and they said all their lines and stuff, super surreal, very art house. Like, what am I even seeing? Am I on an acid trip sort of stuff? Okay. And, then, and then they had all of the actors go in and redub over themselves. So it gives that sort of like even more dimensions of it being a bad old movie or bad old show. And uh-huh. that's all I'll say. If you really like weird, messed up spooky stuff and you also are like, oh, but I also like British sensibilities of things. I like, I like uh, you know, British comedy or, or this stuff, uh, like the New Zealand stuff and, and what we do in the shadows. I think that it will hit the right balance. Uh, and, I, and I would be very happy to hear your thoughts about it because uh, I'm obsessed. It's my favorite, uh, it's my favorite uh, sitcom of all time is Garth Marenghi's. I am very intrigued. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. yeah. Like that you, just, be... you just press a bunch of buttons in my brain. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. They're all firing off. I'm gonna, I, no, I'm gonna, I, I, want, I want, if you do listen and to any listeners, please also uh, tell me and, 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 and unless you have any other pressing vampire titles, because those were the major ones for me. Were there any other like other vampire things that you're like, oh, if you're into vampires, you got to get on this. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Three words that changed my life last year. Dracula, the musical. What? These three words are very, uh, very well met. Okay. Tell me uh, again, uh, no, no major spoilers, but tell me about Dracula, the musical of somebody is not as is, is a, is a casual fake gamer girl version of Dracula fan. <laughs> <laughs> so it was composed uh, by Frank Wildhorn, who has also composed Jekyll and Hyde. Um, oh, I, I, I've heard of that one. That one was a really yes, fun score. Yeah. Um, he he just did The Man Who Laughs, which premiered in South Korea. South Korea, if it, especially if it's playing to that audience and what they want, South Korean horror is woohoo, honey. Mm-hmm. It, 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 like it's it, it, like Jap- it's up there with Japanese horror and the stuff that like gets under my skin the most. And I love all different countries of horror. I, I, uh, Swedish horror. Uh, oh, the, the 2008 movie that I was going to mention uh, alongside uh, Twilight was uh, Let the Right One In, but we don't, we don't have time oh, for that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I saw the beginning of that, but... I fell asleep <laughs> because because it was just it was that time of night and I think the sound 
whoever was in like, charge of sound was all the all these Aryan white vampires who give a shit. Yeah, I understand. Very quiet. <laughs> I was comfortable, and yeah, I just felt it's let the quiet one in. You're under. Yeah, I understand. No, I love it. I understand it's not for everybody. Just like Twilight did not speak to me. Uh, we we were going in different directions with 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 vampires in 2008. But uh, okay, uh, was did you say Dracula the musical? Dracula the musical. So yes. it, it premiered in La Jolla, California um, in 2001, I believe. Is it like a basic Dracula storyline or is there anything like significantly different to it that you would you, people would want to know about without spoiling anything? Um, so I think it's just basically um, the continuation of this uh, very romanticized and simplified interpretation of Bram Stoker's novel. Yeah. Um, and so of course- that, That'll drawing, happen in musicals, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so drawing from like, well, what was already happening with the Bella Lugosi interpretation and then also like Anne Rice's novel. So yeah, it's, it's very, I, I don't know, like it, it does have that that like main love arc and, yeah. and reincarnation of sorts and second chances and whatnot i'm gonna um, guess but- i'm gonna guess for for the for the composition of it because i'm a, I'm a music i went to a musical theater uh school a lot of people i, I i'm not necessarily a broadway star myself but i have a mm-hmm. big background i'm going to guess especially for the time period did it have a lot of heavy uh hard rock like uh, electric guitars and like yes. thrashing yes. drums yes i yes. knew it yes 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 oh gosh yeah just like um the bloody bloody Andrew Jackson and uh, 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 Spring's Awakening or Spring Awakening, sorry, Spring's Awakening was the original German <laughs> version. <laughs> uh, 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 that one they still don't do as much because that one's actually hardcore. Uh, uh, again, it's oversimplified musical. So, uh, mm-hmm. what, is it the music that that really like that that evokes back to a lot of horror movies, uh, especially contemporarily? They'll use like metal and really threat and let you have mm-hmm. that emotional, angsty energy that the Bela Lugosi violins sometimes could hit you. Or not <laughs> yes uh, no it, it, you're you're absolutely right and and so it, it also it adds this this other side to the story to the character where we we have action happening on the stage in the music it, it's interesting though because so it it went on to to the broadway stage in yeah. uh, i think the mid-2000s somewhat successfully there, there was some harsh criticism they they rewrote some of the music and added uh a song here or there yeah that, that'll happen a lot like because mm-hmm. because broadway and, and musical theater and theater in general live theater it's now such a niche thing uh just you know not to over because i like i said i'm a big uh, theater fan it, my live theater is my main background and my producing this is like my first time producing something for the internet where i'm like this is going to exist forever it's not ephemeral oh no, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's, some, it's not something <laughs> like it doesn't dominate pop culture the way it used to you know we don't get our pop music from from broadway the way we used to get all of our music from it uh, okay, so yeah. when the fans when the critics speak back and this is why people like you know Stephen Sondheim end up you know writing Sweeney Todd which I feel is like an allegory about feeling you know traumatized by the creative process uh, uh, oh yeah I can go into that in, an, in another series probably I don't want to keep you here all night but uh, I would listen to that <laughs> uh, my reads weird uh, musical theater conspiracy theories yes uh, I think I think that like you will live or die by your views and your early your early runs of things. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I can understand if there, uh, do you think that the 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 product that the, the the most recent version of it, do you think that like it really took the notes well and, and does stuff successfully? Or is it still that you're like, if you're into vampires, you're gonna be into this baby? <laughs> well, I think I think the second or excuse me, the first revision, because there's more than one, yeah, um, yeah. was was very 
very much for Broadway to give it a bigger sound and and just more more songs to get you into the story and to um, just set up a lot of what was going to happen, which, yeah, I understand. And so I, I understand where the critics were coming from. But there was a second revision um, in the 2010s um, when this uh, production uh, from Vienna um, decided to put on their version of it. And there were even more rewrites done. Um, I think about five songs were added, um, particularly It's Over, which was uh -huh. specifically written for um, the actors who were playing um, Van Helsing and Dracula. And why, why do you that? Do you think that they, they hadn't been given that sort of like iconic Broadway show-stopping number and they just really needed to like drive that home of like, here are the, here are the dudes and this is the song that you're gonna be telling everyone to listen to? Or what, what do you think it was that they, they specifically, like, we got to add this song to save the show? I, I think it, it was what the show was missing. And I, I also recently discovered um, Elizabeth's Dust Musical, which was, uh, I think, put on by the same production company from, from Vienna. What's his name? Um, I don't know how to pronounce it because it's in German. Oh, no. <laughs> Kroger. Austrians make the craziest horror like that. Uh, Funny Games, that's an Austrian film. Oh gosh, okay, say no more. Oh, this Uwe Kroger, yes. Kroger guy, he'll he'll know for sure. <laughs> and and so I found him, he uh, he originated the role of death, I, I believe, Der Todd, in Elizabeth Dust Musical um, when he was like 27, 28. So- And what's that one that about? Now, I, don't, I don't know that one um, at all. Oh, that was about- um, uh, Bathory? Em Empress, uh, oh, Empress um, Cece. Um, she was v Viennese <laughs> Empress. Oh, oh, is that the one that like she was killing people and they had to put her in a tomb at the end? Am I thinking of the right Empress? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Hold on. I, I went to her house though, F uh, fun fact. Oh, really? Oh, okay. No, like she was, a, she had like just one of those like crazy, tra like tragic uh, family histories going on. Okay. Yes. And so yeah. they made a musical about her life. Yeah. And, and so knowing, knowing that now about um, Kroger, uh, I can un totally understand why um, someone would want to write a song specifically for him. And they just, yeah, the, the song, I think it just, it makes the second act of the show. And I will say though, the South Korean production company who have been showcasing Dracula the musical for I don't know since 2014 they yeah. they love it and they they just did it they finished it last year they're doing it again this summer they perfected Ooh, it's over okay they have their their set production they have this rotating stage but it's like a castle they made an entire castle all right no more spoilers okay so okay so here's here's, here's here's everybody here's everybody's homework now because i'm gonna read the fan fiction you're gonna watch garth Marenghi's darth place and now we're all going to go and watch the uh south korean version we'll figure out a way to go to south korea <laughs> or if there's a if there's a if there's a film version and i can find a link to any any resources i'm gonna make sure that i link to that because that sounds way up my alley. So I would very much to, to like to learn about that. And 
just like learning that there's a whole like uh, subsection of South Korean drama and, and musicals I got to go figure out how to get access to makes me, I want to say, again, I know I brought you on here to talk about your work with children, but I know people only want to talk about their day job for so long. They want to talk about stuff that's also fun. So thank you for, for indulging me on both counts there. And you've been such a, such an amazing guest. <laughs> this has been so much fun. And yeah, no, whenever you want to talk about books or spooky things, just let me know. Oh yeah. And no, I, and I, general I will insight say to that, the audience and to you on both counts. <laughs> I, I will say that I don't think I ever answered this um books that i was interested in and yeah growing up was definitely things like goosebumps and scary stories to tell in the dark oh my gosh um, that made me forget when i uh, i was talking about nosferatu uh the <laughs> fact that his name was fw um or now i was like oh yeah like rl stein i wonder if that's where that guy got the name for that convention on his name because <laughs> rl stein if, if you are uh, like gen generation alpha or some age of children that scares me uh <laughs> yeah goosebumps was such a phenomenon so yes goosebumps i also hardly endorse because it's 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 horror for children uh that doesn't talk down to them and also is not too much and for the case of, of us uh yes. sensitive children who don't necessarily want gore <laughs> yes absolutely and Silly. i am i'm happy to say that the kids are still interested in these series which oh yeah warms my heart happy. so much i've been reading uh my copies to them um this past year the goosebumps are always always checked out when, bum, bum, whenever bum, they bum, visit bum. Yeah. so yeah um and i was able to i was able to order copies of scary stories to tell in the dark for mm -hmm. our library last year and i i didn't know it but it was just in time for the movie as well guillermo del toro's movie and so oh, a master um, of horror i love him i love mm -hmm. his work so much yeah so it's it's just it's great being able to see the students excited about reading which a lot of them are and they're reading the stuff that i was interested in yes thank you for reading that to these kids and for recommending it to our to rem uh, remind our parents that you need to go and set up the little spooky kids who are going to dress up like dracula and go to the grocery store and i yes. will be in my prom dress <laughs> <laughs> and in that case uh have them read uh, I don't know babysitters club that's what i was reading <laughs> <laughs> not not as not as much of a spookiness unless you are uh just like uh the the, the horror of puberty gets to you then maybe it might appeal <laughs> uh, maybe, well, maybe too scary <laughs> maybe too scary i will I, I don't i want you all to be able to sleep tonight so i'm gonna leave it there and uh thank you so much again for yeah. being on this show i have loved having you <laughs> oh thank you so much for having me this has been a pleasure and that was my interview with Ari. Makes me happy to listen back to that conversation, to give myself the reminder that I do have connection, sympathy, and camaraderie in this chaotic universe full of apathy. Can you tell that December is not the best month for me? <laughs> if you feel that strain from the universe, please know that you are cared for. I mean, even if we have that limited, one-sided parasocial relationship, know that I'm thinking about you too. I worry for you, again. Thank you for being patient with me as I work through my own obstacles in life. Anyone who's been following me the last couple of years knows that I'm doing a lot better than I was. I feel so self-conscious when I fall short of my goals, but whatever, let's keep going. LNZ, I will have another episode of Library Hours out for you as soon as possible, so keep an ear out for that. Before I go, I want to give a shout out to the people on Patreon who have been supporting me through 2020. Thank you again to Allison Malden, Mina Vuoso, Ryan Suffrage, Christian Dobbins, Jack Juris, Yoshi, Michael Chow, Brian Guffey, Molly Becker, Jay Frosting, 
Hunty, Rachel Resnick, and Michael Bilo. You guys rule. All right, that's it for me for now. Until next time, listener, do me a huge favor. Take good care of yourself. You deserve it. Okay. Happy New Year's.